0: Welcome, everyone. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life, a ministry of the International Outreach Church Partnership Evangelism. Go to traincpe.org to learn more about how you can help us reach lost people around the world. Or go to breadoflifeboise.org to learn about our missions fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We're going back in our archives to present a broadcast that was first aired years ago. May God's blessing be on the teaching of His Word. Today we're beginning a series looking into the lives of the Twelve Apostles of Jesus Christ. We begin by studying the one disciple who is the greatest enigma of them all, Judas Iscariot. Here is a man with whom no one wishes to identify, and over the days we'll explore his life and his sin and find out that there is much in Judas that we hold in common with him. The first step to take in avoiding his failure is to recognize that it was a sin that any man or woman can fall into. Today, we learn that Judas had a promising start in his life as a disciple. We're going to look at Judas and we're going to do some things in our looking at Judas that may be a little challenging to you. The fact is, is at the time of Christ's death, there are a number of figures who are swirling around the scene and swirling around the life of Jesus Christ. And at any given moment, we can see ourselves and we can identify ourselves with those individuals who find themselves around this person of Jesus Christ during the time of that week, which we call his Passion Week, up until the point of his crucifixion and even after that in his resurrection. We can identify ourselves with Peter and with his boast and with his crushing defeat. We can identify ourselves with Thomas and with his doubting. We can identify ourselves with Mary and with her mourning. We can even identify ourselves with Pilate and with his predicament that he was in where he had a desire to please the crowd. Have you ever been that way, where you have desired to please the crowd? We can identify ourselves with the crowd even that cried out and yelled out to crucify him. And we can see that our sins as well as theirs sent Jesus to the cross. We can relate to them all, all of them but one. The one man's sin, which is so grave and so incredible in light of the light that he was given in such a way that it is difficult for us to identify with this one man. We find it difficult to identify with Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed Jesus Christ. Well, I've heard a lot of individuals who have compared their sins with the sins of David, but I've never heard an individual who has compared his sins with the sins of Judas. And yet this morning we are going to pause and we're gonna take a moment to do the unthinkable. We're gonna compare ourselves with Judas. The fact is that oftentimes we've taken the sin of Judas and we have turned it into some kind of mythical betrayal that goes beyond, that somehow extends itself outside of all historical proportion. But Judas was a man. He was a man filled with positive characteristics. He was a man who was chosen to be one of Jesus' 12 disciples, not because of what he would do, that is, because he was going to portray Jesus, but because of who he could be. Judas had within him all the potential to be one of the 12 foundational figures upon which Christ was to build his church. No, Judas was a man, just like us, who had tremendous potential and he was filled with complex interests and desires and he was sincere in his own mind in that he initially at least wanted to follow Jesus Christ and so today what I'd like to do is I'd like us to look at the life of Judas and I'd like us to be so bold and so willing as not to somehow compartmentalize his life and look at it as some strange anomaly that has flashed across the scene of history but to look at it in such a way that we would consider that as we look at it we are viewing something that may be a common story in the history of mankind and something that we could ourselves even relate to well let's look at this life of Judas and let's give a historical review to some extent we can draw different accounts out from all the scriptures and it will give us an idea of this life of Judas the first thing we know is this that for the first year of Christ's public ministry, after he was baptized by John, he didn't have a band of 12 apostles that he appointed. That didn't happen until the end of the first year of his ministry. But during that first year of his ministry, we're taught in the Bible that Jesus began to go out into the different villages and the different towns, and he began to preach the message that John was preaching, which was repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord, and to repent and turn to prepare themselves for the kingdom that God had brought among them. And during this time also, Jesus began to perform the miracles that drew man to himself. We read of all kinds of multiple miracles that he performed, healing diseases and to curing lepers and giving sight to the blind and curing the limp legs of the lame and of drawing out fevered from the sick people and raising up those who were on their deathbed and casting out demons. And all this that we read about are things that took place before Jesus appointed His twelve disciples. And during this time of public ministry that took place for about a year, as Jesus was teaching and as Jesus was preaching and as Jesus was touching the lives of others, there began to be a band of individuals who began to follow Him. They saw in Him the one whom they thought may have potential to be the promised Messiah. Maybe this is the one whom God said He would send who would be the anointed ruler for the nation of Israel. And so individuals were drawn to them and a rumor began to spread and one person talked to another, maybe this is the one who's coming. This is the one whom John the Baptist was talking of. John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, pointed to him and said, this is the one who I've been referring to. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is one whose very little shoes and sandals I'm not worthy to unloose. And all these things were said, and even John himself was pointing those who were beginning to follow him, a way to follow Jesus. And so a crowd began to gather around him, and at this time, Jesus began to give his call for people to follow him. He said to men like James and to men like Peter to leave their fishing nets aside and to come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And so it was during this first year of ministry that individuals gathered to Jesus, seeing in him a hope for all their aspirations and dreams, and finding themselves wonderfully drawn to him. And one of those men was the man Judas Iscariot from a town called Kerioth in the region of Judea. And Judas was seeing as he looked at Jesus and witnessed him and followed him. He was having within him kindled a flame of hope that was burning up and rising up within him, believing that Christ may be the Messiah. One day Judas was along with the crowd when they came to the Sea of Galilee. And there a great crowd gathered before Jesus as Jesus instructed him. And at the end of the day, as evening came, Jesus went away from the crowd and went up on a mountainside or a hillside above the Sea of Galilee and the crowd stayed below and they kind of set out camp there below where they made their tents and they made places to provide for themselves to lie down and sleep because they wanted to be there when he came down the next morning and Judas was among this crowd and others were there as well and Luke chapter 6 tells us that when Jesus went into that mountain that he spent all night praying and seeking God's will and direction because the next day Jesus was going to a point the 12 that would be the foundation stone for the movement that was, he was building, the church that he was going to build. And the next day came, and Judas got the call along with 11 other men that Jesus wanted him to join him on the mountain. And so he went up with these 12 other men, and there Jesus told them that they were the 12 apostles. He gave them the name Apostles that he had called out to lead his new movement. And so he chose Peter and Andrew and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew who we also call Nathaniel, and Matthew, and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, and Judas whom we also call Thaddeus, and also Judas Iscariot. And these twelve men began to travel with Jesus for three more years in his public ministry, and there they received all of his attention as he carefully gave them instruction. And they walked with Jesus, and they ate with Jesus, and they slept with Jesus, and they prayed with Him. And they generally lived with Jesus all of the time. And during this time, their hearts were being drawn to them. Their affections were being knit around the heart of Jesus Christ. And Jesus was interweaving into their own hearts His own affections and His own desires for them. And before Him, their lives were being exposed before Jesus. And Jesus was counseling them and instructing them and teaching them. And we have to believe that just as Jesus took men like Peter aside and spoke to him, that Jesus took other disciples aside and gave them counsel and personal instruction. And there was this intimacy that was expanding and growing between them. They witnessed all of his miracles. They overheard all the instruction that he gave to others. They saw how he confounded religious leaders as again and again they came and tried to undermine his ministry and destroy his reputation among the masses. They saw it all. Judas experienced all of this. Judas saw all of this. And the disciples, these apostles, these 12, made huge sacrifices to follow Jesus during this time. They had to leave behind jobs and security and family members and parents and wives and children and homes and friends and reputations, all in order to follow Jesus Christ. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 28, Peter says this Look to Jesus, we have left everything to follow you. And Peter was speaking of all of the apostles, including Judas. Judas had made the same kind of sacrifice to follow Jesus. It's very interesting that the other 11 apostles who were following Jesus, for the most part, remained with Jesus in the region of Galilee, which was their home region. But Judas had come from Judea, the southeastern edge of Judea. Judas had gone further distance than all of them to come to be in Jesus' presence. He had gone further away from the comfortable environs that he grew up in and knew in order to be with jesus they had made tremendous sacrifices to follow christ and at least initially judas had left everything he had in order to follow jesus early on it was clear that judas was gifted administratively And so it was decided that although there were no special positions that were given to any of the apostles, there was no special assignment, no one was on a higher tier or a higher level than any of the others, that there was one individual who was given a special place or position of honor, and that was Judas. Judas was chosen among the twelve, as John chapter 12, verse 6 tells us, Judas was chosen to be the treasurer of the ministry. And during this first year as a part of the inner 12, different miracles and the teachings of Christ that continued to expand after they were chosen began to grab more and more of the multitude towards Jesus. During this time, Christ raised over two different individuals from the dead. During this time, he spoke to the storm and he calmed the seas while he was in the boat with the disciples. It was during this time that he went into the area of Decapolis and he found the Gentile man who was filled with over a thousand or ten thousand demons and Jesus cast them out in one word. It was during this time that he was walking through a crowd and one woman who had an issue of blood in the middle of the crowd reached out and desiring to get healing and touched the hem of his garment and the Bible says that when she touched the hem of his garment that Jesus who was being pressed by people around him stopped and said who touched me and the disciples said what do you mean who touched you everyone's touching you no he said someone touched me. I felt power go out from me someone touched him in faith seeking healing and there is a woman who stepped forward and confessed that she had, had an issue of blood and. By simply touching in faith his garment, she had been healed, wonderfully healed. And again, there were more and more miracles that began to happen in greater and greater number as more and more people flocked to Jesus to hear him and to reach him and to touch him and to receive his healing touch. And it was during this first year that Christ gathered all the multitudes around and he preached that wonderful sermon that we know of as the Sermon on the Mount where he laid out the principles and laws of his kingdom and of his rule. And the disciples were all a part of this. It was a wonderful, exciting time. And it was also during this time that Jesus took these 12 disciples and He broke them up into two. So He made six groups and He sent them out. And Luke chapter 9 tells us that He sent them out to all the different towns and He said, don't worry about any provisions you have, I'll take care of your needs. And He gave them power, it said, over demons and power to cure diseases. And they were given power to preach the kingdom and they were given power to heal the sick and verse 6 of Luke chapter 9 tells us that the 12 went out throughout all the towns in the region preaching the gospel and healing everywhere you understand? Judas was a preacher of the gospel and a healer of the sick. Well thank you for listening to the ministry of the bread of life to learn more about our ministry let me suggest you go to one of two websites Go to traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.